because I, I mean, I, I ended up just naturally waking up at like eight this morning, and I'm like, okay, this is great. I can I can edit the episode that that goes out today. Uh, but that was a whole process because I had so much to cut out from our uh, our uh, Jerry Stiller tribute, oh, and that, and, yeah. and then uh, Grace decided, hey, I want to wash the dog <laughs> outside with this hose that we just got. <laughs> And then also, she went and got coffee, and I got the shits from it. So that was fun. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, you and I have something in common this morning, then, because I am dealing with my <laughs> dinner from last night. It like it, It's not violent. It's more like, I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it, and I really don't want to, and I don't think you want me to. <laughs> So I'll just say that I've been I've been sitting in there a long time myself, and and I was like, I, was like I'm, I might just have to do it in the bathroom today. Today's episode Today's episode of No Hugging No Learning is recorded straight from the shitters. <laughs> yeah, it probably would. I've been on the hunt for really spicy wings, and I haven't been able to find any because everybody says their mm. wings are spicy, and I like yeah. it really spicy. And whenever you get like hot wings, they're just not hot enough. So yeah. I found some locally that are called Cry to Your Mama Ooh. Wings, and what? What's the name of this place? Yeah, they were. Um, it's called Caliente. Okay. I think, that, and I think there are several of them in the Pittsburgh area, but there's one pretty pretty close to us, Caliente Pizza and Draft House. Nice. And they have wings, and and I got their hot last time we went there, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get cry to your mama, because they say it's their hottest one, and yeah, it uh, it it wrecked me last night <laughs> and this morning. And, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I think it's put me off wings for a while. We um, Grace has been dealing with like a uh, a dairy sensitivity the last couple of years. She's not fully mm. lactose intolerant, but it, it'll it'll mess with her stomach like something really fierce. Um, so mm. she she accidentally got dairied yesterday morning uh, with a coffee that she got. Uh, they they forgot to put soy in it, and I think they put two uh, percent in it. Oh. Uh, then yesterday for lunch. She got actually. I think this may have may have been Friday. Yesterday for lunch, I brought home uh, some free pasta that we got that had like a cream based sauce, and she took a lactate for that. But it, she just said eh, it wasn't really that good. And then we went and got ice cream for dessert, which she didn't take a lactate for. So she was just having a oh, rough boy. day. Yeah, that's uh, that's not fun. <laughs> so <laughs> it, she she wasn't saying anything, but I I could tell she was uh. She was in some pain. <laughs> yeah, well, you try to play it cool. Like, you don't want anybody, you know, you want to handle it yourself. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I am. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't like come on a podcast and say, oh, I got the shits this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. That's me, I guess. <laughs> and just start a whole conversation about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how can uh, somebody know, do that? Yeah, I know. I would definitely give them a one star review and I wouldn't care that I'd lose a sticker out of it. <laughs> Oh, boy. Missed opportunity to get a great, uh, uh, what is it, a holographic sticker. (laughs) Are are you still playing The Simpsons Tapped Out by any any chance? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, Did you see the event that they are doing currently? Do you still have it downloaded? Uh, I still have it downloaded on my tablet. Are you still playing it? I am not. I still have it downloaded on my tablet, but I haven't played it in probably three years. Uh, But they are doing a professional wrestling event. Whoa! Yeah, I'm like, man, I, Is that gonna... I, 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 I almost opened it back up and played it, but then I, I thought <laughs> like I would have so many missions to catch up on that I almost don't even want to. 
<laughs> can't you start no matter where you know no matter what the other characters are doing can't you just start the event oh you mean the event's been going on for so long already yeah yeah like i found out about oh, it yeah. at the end of like uh phase one of the event and by now i think it's uh, already completely done oh uh, but it, it, it was oh, just well. it was just, it tied into like the episode where like uh, Grandpa was revealed to be like uh, gorgeous Abe or something. Yeah. Uh, th- there was um, th- there's like wrestling rings that you just plop all over your town, and I'm like, oh my god, this this would pull me back in. <laughs> this is this is me, like professional wrestling and The Simpsons, and and it just it just didn't grab me. It just didn't hook me. Uh, I can't believe there's not a wwe app that's like you know so i'm playing the one the the mobile game i'm into right now is star wars galaxy of heroes Mm -hmm. which is just a a turn-based rpg kind of thing where you you know you you have characters and you up their xp and stuff like that and and i can't believe there's not a similar one for wwe where just you know you get in the ring and then you pick a move just like (laughs) i and and you fight like i'm I'm surprised they they haven't jumped into that there's no turn-based game but there is one kind of like that that combines that and like Candy Crush. It's uh, I think it's WWE ch- Champions or like WWE Supercard or something, um, where you yeah. you perform moves and that in turn like crushes the jewels to line them up or however the hell that's played. Yeah, I've seen I've seen games like that where yeah you you yeah you every time you complete a row you get more powerful and you can destroy the dragon or the wrestler in this case or whatever so but that game hasn't that game hasn't pulled you in no no never never downloaded it never played it oh well um so should we just get started yeah we should get started since we're uh 18 minutes (laughs) past where we typically start recording oh yeah good idea good idea we want to take advantage of this nice weather that we're having here so um i want to get out of the closet sooner all right so welcome to no hugging no learning it's a show about one thing watching seinfeld for the first time i'm tim murphy i'm ted hollowell and today we will be talking about season six episode 11 the switch but before that oh by the way i, I want to mention up top uh, this episode is not about what if jerry get animal crossing okay uh... i know it sounds you know because you know a lot of people are thinking that these days you hear switch you think <laughs> you think that so uh but we do have some other uh, homework and interesting tidbits from last episode which was the race mm-hmm. and we the main homework that we had about the race was we wanted to know what the daily worker was is it a real newspaper i just didn't even question it but ted you were like is this real i was like i guess we'll find out and <laughs> The Daily Worker was a newspaper published in New York City by the Communist Party Whoa. USA. Okay. Here's the thing, though. From my research, there seems to be no way that Ned could have a copy of The Daily Worker in Elaine's apartment if the episode is to, take, is to have taken place around the time that it aired. Um, let me explain. Hmm. At its peak, the newspaper achieved a circulation of 35,000, which is not huge, especially for New York City. Yeah, Jesus. Um, owing to... Owing to greatly reduced operating income associated with a reduced membership, the Communist Party of the USA was forced to cease publication of a daily paper, with the final issue of the Daily Worker appearing on January 13th, 1958. So it started in like the <laughs> 20s, and I don't I don't have when it started. I think it was in around the 20s, though. I could be wrong about that. But um, yeah, so it, it ceased in, in 1958. After a short hiatus, the party published a weekend paper called The Worker, 
totally missed opportunity. Call it working for the weekend, but whatever. <laughs> uh, they published that from 1958 to 1968. A Tuesday edition called the Midweek Worker was added in 1961, and that ran until 68. And in 68, the Communist Party resumed publication of a New York Daily paper. I guess uh, communism was big news in uh, in 1968. Now titled the Daily World. And in 86, the paper merged with the party's West Coast weekly paper, the People's World. The new People's Daily World was published from 1987 until 1991 when daily publication was abandoned. This hmm. episode takes place in 95. Yeah. Four years after what you would consider the Daily Worker. It wasn't even called that. It would have been called the People's Daily World had ceased publication. <laughs> Just the name, the People's Daily World, definitely sounds like three papers mashed together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, we'll just take the we'll just take the operative word from all of our titles and just put that up on the masthead there. Oh man, are you reading the People's <laughs> Daily World uh, Press Express? <laughs> the paper cut back to a weekly issue in '91 and was retitled People's Weekly World. <laughs> Later, retitled to People's World to as to de-emphasize the <laughs> weekly component, um, and and that remains. The paper of the Communist Party USA today. Man, so so so, so where can I I'm read guessing, the People's Daily World News Times Express Press? Well, Ted, you can print publication of the People's World ceased in 2010 uh, in favor of an online edition. Hmm. The, the, so the People's Daily World, World Times Org. Express Press <laughs> online version. Thankfully, they dropped a lot of that for the URL, <laughs> and it's just peoplesworld.org. It's a daily news <laughs> website of four, as it says on the website, of four, and by the 99%. And the direct descendant of the Daily Worker. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad they shortened it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but as far as I could tell, the only thing Ned could have had in Elaine's apartment was People's Weekly World or People's World, depending on when 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 they changed when they dropped the weekly word component. Mm -hmm. um, and that was between '91 and 2010. Mm, so okay. that's the only thing he couldn't have had the da the Daily Worker. So continuity error. Hope someone got fired, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I wonder if, uh, if like, it still had the nickname, maybe the Daily Worker, if it was going by People's World. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if they did, if they, if they you know, peoplesworld.org, it still mentions, hey, we're the direct descendant of the Daily Worker. They might have wanted that cred, like, you know, hey, we're called People's World now, but we used to, you know, formerly the Daily Worker or something like that. And maybe. So, yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, they, they've tried to hang on to that moniker, that brand, it seems like. Yeah, that that, uh, that lineage, you know. Like, I mean, if you if you publish something since, what, the, the 20s, you said? I, I wouldn't let that go. Yeah, yeah. You hold on you hold, hold on to a brand that cherry. So, all right, maybe I just hope that whoever is responsible for that blunder got a week <laughs> off without pay. You know, And then they turned to communism. That turned them to communism. <laughs> so I was right. The, the paper started in 21 and went daily in 24 so been around a long time yeah geez and now i'm on some list because i went to peopleschoice.org nice. for my, i'm sure people's choice <laughs> uh i'm sorry people's world <laughs> <laughs> people's choice i feel like is something different <laughs> wouldn't that yeah, be like this, yeah. the site That's, for the awards when you look at it i mean that is the it, if there is one award show the communists like it's probably the people's choice awards because <laughs> they really give the power to the people That's it's true. not some shadowy academy voting for who is the best <laughs> It's not some shadowy one percent academy. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't it be hilarious if, like, we find out the Communist Party USA is behind <laughs> People's Choice Awards? Oh my! Like, God. oh, we put it in the name. You guys didn't know. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, the, the only way it could be like more of a communist name is like the the everybody but the academy has a say awards. Yeah, yeah, the ninety nine percent awards. <laughs> I, I would love workers' choice. The workers' the, choice awards. <laughs> the workers' choice awards. Oh my god. We control the means of awards, not you. <laughs> So at at the end of the episode, there there was a ton of Superman references in the race uh, because Jerry was dating someone named Lois and also his speed. Uh, There's a question of his speed, which, of course, he had uh, super speed, much like his idol Superman. And at the end of the episode, Jerry breaks the fourth wall, which I hated, and winks at the camera after he says, maybe I will, Lois, maybe I will. This was the first, and thankfully, I I just want to spoil it right now, the only instance of breaking the fourth wall in the series, excluding... The retrospective, the highlights of 100 best of special, where Jerry does, I guess, in character talk to the camera, which mm. I, I I don't know if Hulu is going to. Have you noticed that on the Hulu? I hope we get that little clip show because it, it is a episode of Seinfeld. I don't know. Is it coming up soon? It's got to be right. I know our numbering got off because you, you said, there are a bunch of two part episodes. Yeah, it is one. You and, said it's episode 100. Do you remember what it is called yeah. specifically? The highlights of 100. I can look and check. I've got Hulu on my tablet. Yeah, it should be coming up. You know, in the middle of this season somewhere. Uh, yeah, we do have it. It's in, uh, it'll be uh, three weeks from now. All right. Awesome. Good to know. Oh, should we just do kind of like a, a short episode on that since it's just going to be kind of a clip show? I wonder. I mean, because it is an episode, so you figure we should probably give it a full episode. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll see how long it is, right? <laughs> it's a, it's an it's an hour long special. Oh, I bet we can fill. Well, then we can definitely fill an hour of time on on that i'm guessing okay yeah if, we'll just have to wait and see if yeah. if not we'll, we'll do something for it yeah if it ends up being 20 minutes then we'll just you know throw it out at some point <laughs> <laughs> uh so let me see oh yeah well so the, the the breaking of the fourth wall and the wink towards the camera is a reference to the older superman television series the adventures of superman which ran from 1952 to 1958 and some of the silver age comics that had kind of that very all-american boy sort of superman you know and was very campy i guess for lack of a better term not mm-hmm. as campy as say the batman series in the around the same time <laughs> but campy nonetheless i didn't uh, i don't know anything about this and uh, I, I guess i'm not going to look up any more of it because this is uh, you know because homework is pretty much over but jerry's declaration of i choose not to run is a reference to calvin coolidge's statement i do not choose to run what? Which, uh, I don't know what he was talking about. Maybe he was talking about maybe he was talking about being president or something like that. But yeah, supposedly it's a because uh, I'm surprised that you know sometimes presidential quotes like that. Yeah, doesn't I do not choose to run? It sounds redundant. Sound grammatically yeah. correct? It, yeah, it, it does not sound. I do not choose to run. I do not choose. Yeah, to Jerry run. wrote it so much better. Yeah, so that was I. It does have its own Wikipedia page, but it was it wasn't linked from the Seinfeld Wikipedia page. So thanks a lot, Wiki editors. <laughs> Not earning that zero dollars with benefits that you get. I do not choose to run this President Calvin Coolidge's statement to the press on his decision not to run for the 1928 presidential election. The statement was ambiguous and led to considerable debate as to the intention of it, the intentions of its language. Exactly. Hmm. So even back then they were like, "What do you think he meant by that? I do not choose to run, but but you are, but you don't, you know, but you're going to do it anyway." <laughs> I do not choose to run. But I do anyway. Yeah, no idea. So there you go. Uh, oh let me God. see. There was a, oh, the phone conversation between George and Natalie, who was the woman from the Daily Worker personal ad that was contacting him at work. That phone conversation at Yankee Stadium was ad-libbed by Jason Alexander almost every single time. So he did completely different versions of the conversation in each of the scenes, several takes, apparently, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> oh, my those, God. Those, those other takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry tried wearing a brightly colored skin tight racing outfit 
for the climactic climactic race scene, but Larry David and director Andy Ackerman both felt that the outfit was excessive, so Seinfeld changed into normal his normal normcore running outfit, which <laughs> I think that would have been kind of a funny sight gag, but it also would have not fit in with the rest of the scene. You know, it would have been funny for the race, but then when he was... But I don't know. Actually, I take that back, because if he was in a skin-tight racing suit, they could have made it kind of look like Superman's suit, in a way. That's true. They could have. would have, like, really just... They yeah. could have, but then, like, why would Jerry Seinfeld own something like that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, he he does a lot. I mean, he plays basketball. He plays tennis, as we're going to find out. He uh, he runs. Yeah, but he, all of that, kind all of, of that, you can guy, it seems like. all of that you can do in gym shorts and a t-shirt. You don't need a skin tight <laughs> like spandex shirt. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it was a gift from his friends at Northwest Podiatric <laughs> Institute or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> <laughs> So the shooting script for the race was 70 pages. A normal sitcom script is about 40 to 50. And so it went way long. And so they had to cut out several scenes, including an entire subplot showing how Kramer helped George get a visa so that he could get to Cuba. That sounds hilarious. And other cuts included Kramer defending his skinny appearance in the role of Santa Claus. So thank you. Again, once I, I was like, Kramer can't be Santa. Look at him. Wow. It sounds like this so they, easily could have been a, a double length episode special. Yeah. I, I think I would have liked to have seen that because uh, I think the episode was pretty good. And then the final thing I want to mention is, is in our tribute to Jerry Stiller a couple weeks ago, somehow, I don't know how, neither of us mentioned his greatest achievement, Murray Saves Christmas. Oh, good I lord. Mean, that's what he's best known for. Oh, my I know. God. I, I totally forgot that he was in this. Jeez. Yeah. He's if the main you, character. He's Murray. If you're not familiar with how Murray saved Christmas, please go visit, go revisit our very first Christmas special from No Hugging, No Learning, where we talked about it with uh, with the downvoter, Aaron Mook. <laughs> yeah, it's a great episode and uh, about a, not a great Christmas special, but Jerry Stiller was definitely in it. And somehow <laughs> it's been wiped from memory. <laughs> I'm sure much to his delight, it's been wiped from memory. Uh, and, and that's all I got. All right. Uh, did we have any uh, newsworthy bits? Oh, you know what? I do want to mention I have well, I have made it halfway through 23 Hours to Kill. And honestly, I'm loving it. Really? Yeah. Like, I find it really funny. I mean, it's just Seinfeld doing what he does best. And he is the best at what Seinfeld does best. I mean, it's just there's a hilarious bit about the Postal Service that I'm like, this is uh, I, I like literally laughed out loud for, for a long time. Like, it was... I, I really like it, and I, I can't wait to finish it up. So you're not. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna recommend at least the first half. You're not like. <laughs> you're not like getting the impression that uh, God Jerry's just so out of touch now. There's some stuff. I mean, he's first of all, you're not going to be. And and this was always a big discussion between between him and Larry David. Like how much goodwill you get from the audience just by being you. You know, I mean, like those people showed up. They spent a lot of money to see. Jer- the Jerry Seinfeld. You know, so mm-hmm. you're not going to go and and cross your arms and go. Huh, that's not very funny. You're literally going to chuckle at everything. That's so he's true. got a great crowd. And but there so there are some jokes that like for sure he was just banking on and they're not the closer of the bit. They're just like sort of the intro to the bit and, and yeah. they're not as funny as the crowd makes them seem. I'll say <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, come on. I could have written that." You know, like yeah. uh but but the, but for sure there are, you know, he builds to some hilarious uh, you know, uh, payoffs and climaxes throughout the thing and yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying it I, I guess maybe because i went in with that you know with uh, only having read one review where the guy was like 
I chuckled once and laughed twice or something like that. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> so maybe it's bad, but no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So I can't wait to finish it up. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, okay. If you have never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show. We like to have questions come up naturally and assign them to ourselves the following week as though we are answering homework. Uh, I'm watching these episodes for the first time ever. Tim is watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. If we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet at no hugging on Twitter or no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the episode description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts and we will send you a no hugging, no learning sticker. You can also give us a review on any other podcast platform that you choose to use. But if you do that, we just ask that you also send us a screenshot because we only get sent. We only get automatically sent the reviews from Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you do either of those, please send us your address and we will send you a no hugging, no learning sticker, an awesome holographic sticker free of charge. Uh, I'm hoping to get those out uh, as we're recording this, this coming week. So hopefully that when you're listening to this, those will be in the post. Uh, so hopefully you will be getting those ASAP, uh, depending on how long the post office takes uh, in whatever country you're in. Um, that being said, <laughs> season six, episode 11, The Switch, original air date, January 5th, 1995. I was two years, 16 days old, the first episode to air after my second birthday. And if you are counting uh, this episode and every other episode we have left, Tim, we have 79 episodes before we become a Netflix stand-up special review podcast. Honestly, I would probably listen to that. Yeah, actually, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> it's probably already a thing. Yeah, yeah. Would you watch the special before or... I guess, yeah. You'd, well, I don't know. Would you watch it before or after you listen to the podcast? Okay, we're get, we have to make it uh, as awful for the listener as possible, so it's going to be a live <laughs> watch-along. So you press play. Uh, yes, yes. You press play on both things at the same time. <laughs> so the whole podcast is just going to be... Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. Wait, okay, pre press pause on Jerry Seinfeld now. Okay, now we have to talk about this. Okay, and press play in three, two, one. Okay, go. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. And that, yeah. that's the whole podcast. Yeah, and there's no audio on the podcast of the special, right? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. We don't, we don't, yeah, we don't want to get flagged perfect. for copyright. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you have to be listening to it, sitting, watching the thing, and yeah, that's gonna, that's, that's gonna be great. <laughs> That's how we'll set ourselves apart. <laughs> okay. So if you are looking in TV Guide the night of January 5th, 1995, you are going to see Jerry wants to date a new girlfriend's roommate. Mm -hmm. And it's not what if Jerry play Breath of Wild. It's not no, that. it is well, not. Okay. We start with the stand-up bit as usual. It's about tennis and how the uniform is basically underwear, which I got to agree with him on that. I mean, tennis um, doesn't not, leave a lot to the imagination no, when you're, no, you're he's, playing. He's not wrong. Yeah. No, no, not wrong. I mean, men and women. I mean, the guys are wearing like boxer shorts, basically. <laughs> oh my god! I, uh, I I started. I, I recently switched from my my normal uh, pajamas of like t shirt and long pajama pants to my summer pajamas, which is currently uh, a t shirt and old pajama pants that I somehow got a rip in the crotch uh, that I cut into short shorts. 
Nice. <laughs> and good lord, it, it, it's uh, cool and refreshing, but I am embarrassed to walk outside with them. <laughs> yeah, you can't take the trash out or get the mail in those. <laughs> I mean, I still do, uh, but you know, it. I, I just don't have any shame anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you get to that point. It's like, you know what? Enjoy the show, neighbors. <laughs> I'm sorry, you got to see my <laughs> my uh, just moved into your my, my big old pasty thighs. <laughs> so the exception to the uniform is the old days when they used to wear like full body suits, essentially, and so that's probably why the score ended up as it did, as Jerry says. That you know, it was like you're just trying to get the game over with. Like, oh, what was that? Uh, a point? Oh, you know, what? give yourself 15. Let's get out of here. The next one's 10, <laughs> uh, which I thought was really funny. I, I like this bit and the way it built. It's just long enough. It's it's one of the few really good stand-up bits that we've had intro the show. Yeah, plus this is the only explanation I've ever heard as to why tennis is scored like that. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. I don't know, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> oh my gosh, what are we doing in these suits out here? All right, it's 15. Let's go. So we open on the, appropriately enough, Manhattan Plaza Racket Club, which is still at... As the address says on the front, 450 North 40, uh, West 43rd Street. Wow. I'm sorry, there's no North 43rd Street. 450 West 43rd Street, yeah. And a, a individual membership. If you don't want the passport, if you want the passport, you can you can spend a little bit more, and I think you can play it. I think there's three or four of these racket clubs that are owned by the same company. But if you just want to play at the Manhattan Plaza Racket Club, it's 2700 a year. With an eight hundred to eleven hundred dollar initiation fee, I don't Ooh. know how they decide what initiation fee you pay. It's like eight hundred, or if they like you, maybe it's eight hundred. If you're ugly, maybe it's eleven hundred. I have no idea. <laughs> if you're currently, it's if you're verified on Twitter. Yeah, that may be a blue check mark. Eight hundred, <laughs> no blue check mark. Eleven hundred. I mean, it sounds exp- like I'm not going to pay it. But if you're living in in the Upper West Side anyway, like twenty seven hundred a year, I don't think that's oh, probably that bad, yeah, right? Let's chump change. Yeah, and they also offer family, senior, and corporate memberships hmm. as well. Oh, and if you live at Manhattan Plaza, which I'm guessing is a you know big apartment building, it's only $95 a year. So that's oh. a great deal. Wow. Yeah. It does not give you access to the pool, though. So that's a separate deal through Manhattan Plaza, mm. just so you know. Oh, okay. uh, oh and by the way, before we, even, before we even go inside, I have to mention the dude on the rollerblades <laughs> that goes skating by. Did you notice this guy? No. No, I didn't even see him. Oh, my God. Gosh. Well, I, while I had it paused to like get info on the racket club, I was like, "Wait a second. There's a friggin' Patrick Swayze lookalike that just slides by on rollerblades like it's no big deal. He's got like the big hair. He's got a huge puffy leather jacket. He's got khakis on. I mean, it looks like if you put Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse on rollerblades and just pushed him across this screen i mean it's he's absolutely gorgeous ted oh my god <laughs> i can't i can't see his face but just the way he carries himself and also like his rollerblades are like neon purple and black or something it's like absolutely amazing it's it was so i just i, I was in awe of it it took me an extra 15 minutes to watch this episode because i wouldn't stop staring at this guy <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend we put it on on the list of things to go back and see. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. You know, in random episodes, I'll, I'll write like, it down. Like the baby crying. The the, okay. the stuff that we're, we well, never get to. If you were looking at it right now, if you were looking at yeah, the stuff we'll never get to, if you were looking at it right now, you can go ahead and I'll I'll wait. <laughs> I, I am not looking at it right now because I it'll oh, okay, it'll okay. take me forever to get to it on Hulu. Got it. 
So Elaine is there picking up a racket. I'm guessing everybody just played tennis, but Elaine has to pick up Pitt's racket because it was being restrung. Jerry's there with his girlfriend, and Elaine runs into Jocelyn Landis, the interviewer, the woman that interviewed her at Doubleday, and she says something might be opening up there soon. And so because of that, Elaine lets her borrow Pitt's racket, mm-hmm. which she had a little interest in. Well, uh, and- I, we, I feel like we got to touch on the, the reason that Jocelyn does get to, well, you know, you should uh, keep in touch. There might be something opening up is because she thought Elaine was very graceful on the tennis court. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and the whole thing with uh, Jacqueline Onassis having grace and, and Elaine not having any because you can't just have some. You either have grace or you don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a big deal. So yeah. now that jo- Jocelyn has seen that she does have grace, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Jerry's new girlfriend never laughs, Elaine notices. Even though Jerry, uh, you know, is always riffing, she never laughs. And so Jerry, uh, you know, that kind of puzzles him. We also get a blurb. Jerry says Newman is incredible at tennis. Yeah, Newman has the same racket as Pitt, which evidently is very expensive, and he's incredible at tennis, which is hilarious. So out on the street, Kramer and George are there, and George is opening up a newspaper where I guess his new girlfriend has an advertisement in it or something because he's dating a model. And he's like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. She eats and eats, and she uh, always looks great. And Kramer's like, oh, maybe she's bulimic, which, of course, now that that little kernel of information has entered George's mind, it is it becomes an obsession. Like, immediately, you can see it click. Like, now he can't think of anything else but his girlfriend possibly having an eating disorder. <laughs> Over at uh, Pupperdella, which is still there. Really? At, yeah, 316 Columbus Avenue. Um, and it looks almost identical. The, the nearest I can tell, they've replaced the awnings because I think in, in this episode of Seinfeld, they're green. And now on the latest uh, uh, Street View picture that I was able to find, they were red. So, um, you know... It, it has $2 signs, which for New York does not mean $2 signs. Like, pasta's going to run you, you know, 20 to 29 depending on the meat you want with it. Uh, if you want one of their meat entrees, you know, it's going to be 30 35 something like that. Yeah, so, so not awful, um, especially not for New York. No, yeah, for, for where it is in New York City, yeah, that's that's pretty normal. Uh, and George's girlfriend is eating like George normally eats. That's the way I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she at least has her face up. And she isn't three inches from the plate, you know, and and like barking commands at George. Yeah, yeah. Give me, hand me, give me more wine. Give me the the bread. No. Um, I have the, Na- napkin. There is, napkin. There is there is one point when she is like when she asks him if he's gonna eat that it, she is like kind of leaning over the plate and she has like a. <laughs> uh, a piece of bread in her hand, more pasta on her fork, and pasta like pouring out of her mouth as well. <laughs> and now George, uh, I mean, he doesn't, but he should realize now how disgusting he normally looks when he eats. Yeah. But I'm sure it's not going to, you know, no no learning. No, no learning. That's nope, one of not, the rules. None at all. So over at Cafe Real, which I'm guessing is probably Cafe Real, um, See, which I was, was not it, able to do any it, research on. Was it oh. Real? I thought it was Cafe like Raul. Oh, maybe it was. It looked like R-E-A-L to me, and I, I mean, didn't really make it, it, it was, out. So. It was very yeah. small on the awnings. I thought it was R-A-U-L. It, it might have been, because I couldn't find anything about like, Cafe Real or Real, because anytime I typed in Cafe Real, <laughs> it brought me to, like, first of all, all of the actual like Central Perk pop-ups that Friends did recently for their thing. What? And then... So it was like the cafe. Yeah, it was like the Friends Cafe is real. Oh, my. It was all articles about how this cafe is real. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I put in Cafe Real Seinfeld, all it gave me was information on monks. Oh, good like, no, Lord. No, I don't want the real cafe no. from Seinfeld. I want, oh, forget it. You know what? <laughs> I, I was like, I've already, I've already researched a racket club and a restaurant. And so I'm not going to do. <laughs> and we're not, I, and we're not, not even five minutes cafe. into the episode yet. <laughs> True. 
So Jerry is riffing on the Frankenstein movie that they just saw before dinner, and all his girlfriend will say is, that's funny. And Seinfeld's like, I'm glad you enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the movie they probably saw where where Frankenstein does not wear a sport jacket was more than likely they're talking about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which came out in November of the year before, 94, directed by and starring Kenneth Branagh, the monster played by, with no sport jacket, Robert De Niro. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. yeah, I remember this movie being kind of a big deal, so it's it's kind of interesting. They, they always kind of, every so often they have their finger on the pulse of pop culture and they'll slide something like that. And so even though they didn't mention the name, and it doesn't matter now, I remembered that, oh, there was a Frankenstein movie out at this time that sort of was like a reboot, you know, a reimagining of the Frankenstein thing. And so back at Papardella, George, so uh, his girlfriend finishes up the meal and George tries to prevent her from going to the bathroom where he uh, imagines that she is going to throw everything up, but she pulls away from him and, and goes away anyway. Yeah, but like George, he's got a death grip on her to keep her from going to the bathroom. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, from yeah. what we from what we know about George, I feel like this goes totally against his character. Like, he's so superficial that why wouldn't he want her to constantly look like a model? <laughs> yeah, and, and ignorance is bliss. You know, I think he could have really just gotten away with not caring about it. You know, I was like, well, I don't know if she's doing that for sure. It was just something Kramer said, and she looks great. So, what business is it of mine? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But maybe it's like, you know, maybe he's like, he feels like she should be ashamed of it. And so it's a mark of shame on him because he can't date a model that looks like that without. An eating disorder or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. If people found out about it, like, oh, of course, you, the only model you could date is one that does that. You know, maybe that's the way he thinks. Maybe. Uh, over in Jerry's apartment, Superman, first of all, we get a spoken reference, but also Superman is right there on the fridge. Mm-hmm. And it's, he's lamenting, Jerry, the, he's lamenting that his jokes kept bouncing off her like bullets off of Superman. And the, the fact that a comedian dating someone who doesn't laugh is. Uh, really weird and he can't come up with a good metaphor as to what it's like which I thought was pretty funny considering like they did have time to write something but they just didn't you know (laughs) it feels like an unscripted moment like well it's like it's like something I don't know yeah like they wrote that down somebody wrote that down was like yeah that's good enough let's go to lunch (laughs) it's uh, it's like come back to it it's like 2 a.m. on whatever day they do their writing they're like you know what (laughs) screw it yeah it's just say it's like something else and let's go on uh, Jocelyn is not in the office. Elaine is calling to see when she can pick up the racket, and she hurt her arm playing tennis. Meanwhile, George barges in and says he heard a noise, and it was a bleh noise uh, from the bathroom, supposedly of his girlfriend throwing up. Have we learned her name yet, by the way? I feel like he might have said it here, but um, I, I don't think we do. I don't know if we learn it here uh, or if it's in a following scene, but I think her name is Nina. I can honestly say that does not sound familiar. Okay. <laughs> I think we went the whole episode without knowing it, but maybe maybe we do. I, I think we went the whole episode. Okay, skipping forward a little bit. I think we go the whole episode without learning the roommate's name. Uh, or, or is the roommate named mm-hmm. Nina? Nina the roommate might be the roommate might be Nina. Nina is either George's honestly, model girlfriend or the roommate. I'm not sure. I did not write down the name Nina at all, I can tell you. But let's mm. just uh so um you know what? I don't think I'm going to find it. All right. We might just have to figure it out next week. <laughs> okay. Because Nina, I doubt there's a picture of her. Nina's played by Charlotte Lewis. Oh, that's the model. Yeah, you're exactly right. Hey, yes. Yeah. I wonder where we, I wonder where they called her Nina. 
I have, I have I no really honestly I, have no idea. I have no idea. But but George wants to, George is concerned. Uh, Jerry th- says like, oh, do you think she's uh, refunding? And right here is where we learn George's actual like the actual reason George is concerned for. Her. It's because he's paying for these meals. He's not concerned about her health. It's just it's just that she's literally throwing up the money that he pays for this food. Yeah, and I love that Elaine, who is you know the closest to a social justice warrior, probably that we have on the show in the gang is like and george you're concerned right you know like trying to get him to for the for the right reasons like Mm -hmm. oh we don't want her to do that kind of like we were talking about like we don't want her to do that because an eating disorder is not something you want to have but it's like no i'm paying for those meals (laughs) and and elaine kind of goes like gives like a there it is motion when he says that because she (laughs) knew there was some like you know ulterior motive that had nothing to do with her health whatsoever (laughs) And so somebody comes up with the idea to bribe one of those attendants that they have in the bathroom. Um, and Jerry calls him a matron. I'd never heard that before. A bathroom matron. Yeah, I, I haven't either. Have you have you ever seen a, like a, have you been to a restaurant with a live person as a bathroom attendant? Yeah, a couple times. I mean, it, like when I was in Europe, that was like that's kind of a big thing. OK, like all the bathrooms have. And but they're not like very professional at all. It'll just be like normally a guy on his phone or something yeah you know, or like when i was a like you have, you have to pay to use the toilet sometimes or something so uh, but the only other place that really springs to mind i've I, I can't think of a restaurant that i've been to but the charlotte airport has bathroom attendants and that's mm. why if i can hold it i never go to the bathroom in the charlotte airport because I, I hate <laughs> I, I just don't i'm not a big fan of bathroom attendants yeah I'm like, I can do all of this myself and then not feel bad about not tipping you because guess what i'm not going to because i didn't ask for this you know, <laughs> like, sir, the only what about you? The, the only way I'm going to tip you is if you help me aim and I do not need that. <laughs> What's your experience with the bathroom attendant? The only experience I have with the bathroom attendant, I think, was OK, get this at a NASCAR race. Uh, and it's literally just someone who was uh, handing out paper towels to someone and like wiping down the yeah. sinks and the mirrors whenever they need yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen this too. Yeah, yeah, I've seen this too. But sometimes you see a big fancy restaurant, you know, there's like, you know, little, there's toothpicks and mouthwash mm-hmm. and, and a whole like, and, and um, yeah, I've, I've a never, whole range of cologne I've, or something like that. I've never seen something like that, like have like the in-bathroom concierge, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they like turn on the water for you and then they give you <laughs> a nice cloth towel and then, yeah. But no, I've, I've never done that. But it seems like that's kind of what they're they're talking about and what we end up kind of seeing later and kramer and jerry are kind of acting shifty when george mentions bathroom matrons and it's because we finally get out of kramer he reveals his mom babs is a matron and he hasn't spoken to her in five years and jerry kind of you know convinces him like you know you're gonna have to talk to her eventually you might as well use this helping george to sort of break the ice Mm -hmm. uh, is what it kind of seems like he was he was saying to him uh, over at Double Day, Jocelyn's arm is in a huge cast <laughs> with a giant metal contraption keeping it still. It's almost like traction. Yeah, yeah. She she says she tore her humeral epicondylitis. Did you notice something about this word that I noticed? What? Anytime you, anytime you have itis at the end of a word, that is not that refers to like a, a disorder or a condition of some sort. Yes. You know, like tonsillitis. <laughs> that means there's something wrong with your tonsils. Mm-hmm. And so I, I immediately look this up, and 
epicondylitis is another word for tennis elbow. Okay. Which have you heard of? You know, it's just when you, you, you know, when you make the same motions over and over again with your arm, like you do when you're playing tennis, you get this hurt. So you can't tear your humeral epicondylitis. And guess what? You can't even tear. So it refers to a problem, itis, with your humeral epicondyl. You can't tear your humeral epicondyl. It's a bone. It's part of, it's a protuberance from the bone. So you can't tear that either. <laughs> I really hope someone got fired for this blunder. Uh, they clearly do not have a real doctor on set of this show. <laughs> yeah, what's the deal? <laughs> but uh, uh, Jocelyn's <laughs> saying that she talked to her doctor. Uh, it may never fully heal, and she may never play tennis again. Meanwhile, Elaine eyes the racket, and <laughs> Jocelyn drops the line, If I can't play tennis, I have no reason to live. And boy, it, it must be nice not to have any real problems. I know, yeah. That God. Sounds like, that sounds like a great... Yeah, I'd love that. Jeez. If yeah, I, she's if just I, distraught over the potential loss of tennis forever. If I can't play tennis again, I have no reason to live. Oh, get fucked. <laughs> and so because of her current mental state, Elaine doesn't ask for the racket back, even though it's hanging right there, <laughs> and she just kind of you know leaves without it. Uh, over at Beach Cafe, which is still... There. Really? <laughs> at yeah. At 1326 Second Avenue. Wow. Uh, and they serve American comfort food. It looks pretty much the same. Uh, again, like in the you know, the twenty to thirty dollar range. Uh, they have a great brunch, supposedly. One one picture that I saw said that you can get brunch for nineteen fifty, and that includes an entree and three drinks. Oh my god. I think it's a solid deal. Yeah. That, that's almost a steal. Jeez. Yeah. No, that's not, a, that's a, depending on how big the entree is. Yeah, I would imagine it's um not it, it, it's proportional to like New York brunch. It's probably like I don't know, you, you know the size of a Belgian waffle. It's probably like two it's probably like one half of those with each quarter like stacked on top of each other and maybe a piece of yeah. avocado toast. Yeah, yeah. Or if you get, you know, maybe two eggs. M maybe. You want to go with the egg on maybe. Your, I don't know how you can really like, like uh do uh, New York style presentation on a plate with eggs. <laughs> Just add some green stuff. I yeah, don't know. Maybe. Who knows? And the avocado toast. And the avocado toast. We're going to have to take a field trip. Yes, to Beach Cafe. I'm down. And I get your three drinks too. So that's what I'm psyched about. <laughs> You're going to be fucking blitzed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's anything that New York brunch is for, it's getting blitzed. I mean, I remember what website was it that was doing maybe like Jezebel or something. Like they'd have a, a New York brunch update like on mondays just of all the like and they'd have video of the shit show that is <laughs> like you know rich trust fund babies and and the poverty jet set also mingling at new york brunch and like throwing up on the sidewalk and fighting outside <laughs> oh of restaurants and stuff like that yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's not it's not necessarily tavern on the green anymore <laughs> uh so kramer walks into the bathroom where well, what we presume is Babs is working and says, he says, Ma, she turns around. She is shocked to see Cosmo, as she says. And then George turns to Kramer and goes, Cosmo? <laughs> Which we, so we learned Kramer's first name in this episode. Man. I know. Pretty cra I remember this being promoted so much that it was like the reason to watch the episode. I'm surprised it wasn't in the little like TV guide blurb that we read, which is like, you know, and we learned Kramer's first name. Oh, wow. Know? What, what was, I mean, it what was, was the like, promo? Was did, like, did the promo say that, like, did the promo have her going Cosmo? 
No, no. It would. It, it, if anything, it was like her turning around and then stopping her before she said it because it was like, "Watch tonight, and you will learn Kramer's first name. We will find out Kramer's first name because mm. you know it's been years and six, six and a half, se- or five and six and a half seasons, whatever, five and a half seasons. Yeah, we haven't. You know, we've been calling this guy Kramer. Never even maybe considered that he has a first name, and so it was like the mystery will be solved Thursday night on Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, I remember it very well. Oh my god, what I wouldn't give to find like the original episode promos. <laughs> I bet there's some out there because someone just sent me one. Uh, it was actually uh, Tim from Tim Loves the Olympics we were talking oh, okay. about last week. He tweeted me one where it was like a it was a promo advertising them moving time slots or when they moved from whatever night they were on to Thursday night and it was like filmed in Jerry's apartment and it wasn't from an, any episode. It was like, "All right, you go left, I'll come up the middle and Elaine, you come around the side or whatever." It's like, "All right, break." You know, it was like Seinfeld's moving or whatever. And I was oh. like, wow, that's really interesting that it's like that extra footage that they just filmed on that one day. So I bet it's out there. Yeah, yeah true. We'll, we'll have to look for it, see if we can find it and tweet it out or something. So over at Jerry's apartment, Pitt really needs his racket back for a match with Ethel Kennedy, who I'm not sure how old she was in 1994, but obviously they're both senior citizens. Mm-hmm. And Jerry's like, he needs a $300 brew line to play Ethel Kennedy. <laughs> 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 and Jerry says just to go to the office when Jocelyn's not there and take the racket. It's yours. You're, it's not stealing. Uh, George comes in and he reveals the mystery of Kramer's first name. Jerry, I like when there's a little bit of timeline like this. Jerry says he's trying to have been getting it out of him for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So just another kind of interesting, like how long they've known each other. Yeah. thing. It may be just a, we, an estimate. We get yeah. the personification of the uh, insert joke wheeze meme <laughs> yeah when when he drops the cosmo yeah yeah like everybody dies at cosmo <laughs> yeah yeah i mean jerry is like uh, up on the couch back against <laughs> elaine everybody is just doubled over with laughter about cosmo and kramer comes in and he noticed everyone's having a pretty good time and they tell him you know it's elaine that like bursts out cosmo and they all start mm-hmm. laughing again and kramer's like all right very funny but you know what he's decided to embrace the name that he's been running from because uh, you know he's got to be he's got to be himself mm-hmm. and that's cosmo kramer yeah over at sandy's which i think this is why i wrote her first her name down here i don't know why i don't know when we learned her name but um i think it might be here because he says i'm here to pick sandy up or something like that yeah yeah it's right here i originally wrote that we go to jerry's gf and then i jerry <laughs> jerry's gf parentheses sandy close parentheses apostrophe s house so i so it's as i'm writing this the the first thing jerry says is yeah i'm here to pick up sandy so i'm like oh oh, okay (laughs) yeah yeah and the roommate answers the door and jerry tells a little joke and the roommate cracks up i mean just like really laughs at jerry's joke yeah which he takes notice of considering that sandy doesn't laugh at any of his jokes Uh, and it was pretty funny it's like i'm here to pick up sandy is like oh she's in the shower you want to come in he's like well i would but i didn't bring a towel (laughs) that's that's funny ha So over at Monk's, uh, Jerry is telling George that the roommate just kept laughing the whole time at everything he said. Every joke landed, and, and she and she's got a great laugh too. And I like how he sheepishly says she possesses many other attributes that are attractive to the superficial male. <laughs> <laughs> and George is like, if you're suggesting what I think you're suggesting, pay your check, stand up, and never bring this up again. 
because Jerry wants to do the switch. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about it. He starts trying to talk George into it like it's a casino heist. I loved this scene <laughs> and the way it was written. Yeah, but uh, George is like, in the entire history of Western civilization, no one has successfully completed the roommate switch. And they, they get into talking about like how there were no re- roommates in ancient Greece or something. It's like, I'm sure between the years... In the like, Middle Ages. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm sure someone between, like, in the years 800 to 1200, there were two women living together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, they didn't have uh, roommates in the Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah. Like, they didn't have apartments. Yeah. <laughs> so the... So George, he eventually convinces George to join him in this, uh, trying to do the roommate switch. There's a montage at uh, dinner uh, at Jerry's apartment, and finally they're giving up. Uh, George says, we'll, we'll go back at it. We'll get back at it tomorrow. He closes the door. There's a nice, I don't know, five or seven seconds of just silence, mm-hmm. just ambient Jerry's apartment room noise. And Jerry, I mean, George opens the door, runs back in and yells, I got it. And so we fade to them rehashing the plan that George has just explained, where uh, essentially it's Jerry suggests they have a threesome, Sandy will be disgusted, the roommate will be flattered, and hence Jerry will be able to make the roommate switch. And this is yet, just like with Refund earlier, and just like with, you know, Master of His Domain and all of the the euphemisms that we had in the contest and stuff like that, I... Really like, first of all, refund, but also we get menage a trois in this episode, which I I really just credit Seinfeld with, if not inventing completely, popularizing at least, because I really? guess maybe they weren't allowed to say threesome. Huh. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know that menage a trois was like at least popularized by Seinfeld. I, I thought it was just always a thing. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that only became a thing after Seinfeld said it. And it's I'm guessing it's just because they couldn't say, you suggest having a threesome or whatever. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it was very ambiguous. It was like, what are they talking about? Menage a trois. <laughs> you know? So maybe we'll have to do some homework on menage a trois just to see if, you know, what where it comes from, if, you know, <laughs> uh, if, if Seinfeld can take credit. Yeah. Uh, um, but J- Jerry, we'll make sure safe search is on. Yeah. Uh, Jerry doesn't think that the roommate would go out with uh, him behind Sandy's back, but is it George or Jerry that says it's a perfect, or Jerry says it's a perfect plan, so inspired, so devious, yet so simple. <laughs> yeah and so he was like well i can't date her without sandy finding out. i was like well sandy's gonna be like you know what if you want to take your chances with that pervert go right ahead <laughs> and so it, it, it's in the clear yeah and he's like well it's, it's perfect we've accounted for everything is what apparently george and jerry think at this point uh over a double day elaine has stopped by to get the racket and she is stopped by an employee who we later find out is jocelyn's assistant who will be telling Landis that she came by and tried to steal the racket from <laughs> I, her office. I, I really liked his delivery here. He's like, um, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just taking the rack back. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, you don't have to tell Miss Landis, do you? He's like, I don't have to, but I will. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, <laughs> Out on the street, Kramer is walking with Babs, and he's being greeted by everybody in the neighborhood as Cosmo, including, did you hear it? Oh, yeah, I heard it. <laughs> Some looped dialogue from one Larry David who says, what do you say, Cosmo? And Kramer yells back, everything, my man. <laughs> um, is, this, is this the first time we've seen Babs? Yeah, I mean, besides the bathroom. Well, no, I, I mean, like, in, in the series. Have we seen her before? Like, have they, have they had the actress uh, for Babs? No, no, not that I know. Okay, I, I, I couldn't I remember. I couldn't remember if we had or not because I know they've touched on now, her. Like I know they've talked about her, but I didn't know if we had actually seen her in person. 
Yeah, yeah. Specifically in the episode where they have to go get the jacket from that apartment and the landlord starts trash talking Babs because I think he suspects that Kramer is related in some way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, so he starts talking about how she was running around naked and hitting on every guy and stuff like that. And eventually Kramer explodes on the guy uh, for for talking about his mama like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but we have Uh, we haven't seen her in person before this. No. No. All right. Cool. Over at Sandy's, Jerry is finishing up explaining the plan to her, and Sandy is into it. (laughs) Yeah, she is turned on by the idea of a (laughs) three-way, and Jerry is confused. (laughs) Yeah, that's not the way it was supposed to go. (laughs) Over at Monk's, Kramer is sitting with his mom, and he suggests going into business with each other and i love this part if you're clean and she like attacks him like, <laughs> and says she's been clean for two years i think but you know he referenced it earlier about his his hard childhood and now we know that his mom had like what i'm you know some sub, some sort of substance abuse issue plus with whatever the landlord said about her back in the day it's like kramer like with and without his mother probably could use some therapy you know oh yeah yeah for sure <laughs> Like, there's a dark, gritty Kramer reboot just waiting to be written out there about how he became the way he is, you know? There's there's going to be a Todd Phillips reboot, uh, Joker-esque <laughs> movie that's just called Cosmo. Cosmo. I'm there for it. I'm, I'm ready for it because <laughs> I, I think it could... There's. I mean, he's got a backstory that is just uh, yeah. ripe for uh, uh, hopefully like that. Hopefully with 100% less N-words and Gary Glitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. He tells his mom to quit, and she's like, all right, I will today, which, of course, completely blows George's plans up. Over at Beach Cafe, uh, <laughs> they're finishing up their meal, him and his girlfriend, and she gets up to go to the bathroom at the end of the meal, just like always, but George does not protest because he knows he's got a, a little ace in the hole there. At the, at the same time, though, a woman gets up from a table nearby feeling sick, and she goes up into the bathroom as well. And George finds out that Babs left the job today, so he barges into the bathroom, hears someone throwing up in the stall, goes, aha, and his model girlfriend, Nina, I guess I can call her Nina now, I have no idea, uh, <laughs> Nina comes from around the corner and goes, George, what are you doing in here? And he nonchalantly says, I uh, wanted to know what you want for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> We, we we never did learn if she, if Nina was uh, bulimic, if she was throwing up or not, which I I thought was uh re- must, it was really well done. Yeah, yeah. You think it's still ambiguous? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess I guess she still could. I mean, she could have finished before George got in there, I guess, or or something. I don't know. She could have. I, I, I took it as like Nina's putting in the work. Maybe. I I mean, she could be a pro at it. She could have it down like to a science and just have mm-hmm. and be able to do mm-hmm. it very quick. But I mean, she's at the sink brushing her hair. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when the lady comes out of the stall, George is still leaning there going, he goes like, how you doing? Or something like that. <laughs> just hilarious. Out on the street, Babs runs into Newman or uh, you could say Newman runs into Babs because that's who the camera's on first. And she flirts pretty hardcore with him up in Jerry's apartment. Jerry tells George the uh, not only is Sandy into the menage a trois, but the roommate is into it, too. Oh, boy. And George is like ecstatic, but he's not going to do it. Because he's saying he's not an orgy guy, and George just can't believe it. But Jerry's like, you know, what, you got to change everything about yourself. You know, you got I got I'd have to grow a mustache and get robes and lotions, and I'd have to get new friends. I'd have to get orgy friends. Uh, and so he he just can't go through with it. I think this particular part of the episode would be a tough sell in in a, like a millennial version of Seinfeld. Yeah, you know, it's like absolutely. I'm like, uh, like I, I'm not I'm not putting this out into the universe, but like if. 
uh, Grace changed her stance on this, I'd be like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Wow. Yeah, and and to, just to show the difference in in age once again, like it, it's it's never even been discussed in my relationship. <laughs> like it's just not. You know, so, but but I would venture to say that most people today don't even consider a threesome an orgy. No, no, God, no. Yeah, in the in the the sexually liberated millennial <laughs> world of throuples and and stuff like that, and yeah, I'd I venture it's just not shocking anymore. You know, it's I, just it's just kind of funny. But I do remember even thinking back then, like you know, you're not you're not even gonna try. Like <laughs> I, I it's feel worth like a shot. I I feel like this uh what the sexually liberated world that you're talking about. I feel like that's more. Uh, towards Gen Z than millennials at this point, you know, like maybe, yeah. maybe like the younger uh, yeah. end of millennials, but I, I think it's uh, younger end of millennials, older end of Gen Z currently. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The, whatever generation just won't stop bragging about eating ass. That's the generation I'm talking about. I, I think that's older end of Gen <laughs> Z currently. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, like that. Whatever the bridge, like kind of how I'm at the end of Gen X or the beginning of the millennial, depending yeah, on yeah, it, whose article, whose think piece you're reading. It, it's, you know, it's that bridge that you're in, but 15 years younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we get a little epilogue here where George, uh, you know, it's sort of like just a continuation of that scene, but I guess they needed an ad break here. Uh, George is like, well, well, man, what if this, something like this happened to me? And <laughs> Jerry's like, you wouldn't do it either. And George is like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I really felt George. I really felt George in this scene, though. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. I mean, like Jerry, it, like forget, like Jerry's not worried about performing. He's worried about liking it too much or something or being too good at, <laughs> at having threesomes. Like, you know, two women, like the pleasing both of them at once. I mean, it's just a daunting task. Like, I don't care who you are. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I feel like George, you know, George was trying to act tough, but Jerry knows that, uh, gosh, George would buckle under that pressure immediately. <laughs> He'd probably need some mango if I could go back there. Oh, my God. A lot yes. of mango. A lot of mango. <laughs> <laughs> so Elaine comes in and she's still broken up over the racket. And they remember that Newman has the same racket, essentially. And so we're like, hey, why don't we borrow Newman's? And Kramer, who has also entered, says that, uh, well, Newman's on vacation in Baltimore. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... But he has a key to his apartment, so they go upstairs, and what do they do? They catch Newman with Babs, and Babs yells Cosmo once again, and even Newman is shocked at the Cosmo reveal. So, <laughs> arguably, Kramer's, you know, one of his best friends didn't even know his first name as well. Yeah, he was uh, he was really good at keeping that a secret for so long. Yeah, uh, that would be really difficult. I mean, like, he drives a car, so he's got a license. Like, you figure that would have, you know, you'd be able to get a look at that or something. I mean, there's there's several times when... But then again, you think of, like, someone whose first name you don't know, and every time you run into them, and you, like, it's someone... It's it's an acquaintance that you don't know, and you don't know their name, and there's and it never comes up, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, how many... Someone would say this person's name, so I know who they are. Well, like, how many people, like, outside of radio that met you through radio know you and refer to you as Murphy? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's same situation. I mean, you don't in in a in a radio uh, setting, you're known as Murphy, and you introduce people uh, to yourself as Murphy, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll throw in the first name too, but yeah, it's um, it, it depends. It depends on how I feel like right in that moment. Really, <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason to it. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't make my first name a secret though you know i don't keep it a secret like people use it on the air when i have sarah on she'll say tim instead of murphy because that'd be weird yeah see um, I, i'm i'm that way with my last name yeah 
See, like I, I, I just go by Ted, but I don't hide the fact that my last name is Hollowell. I just, it's difficult to say quickly. Yeah. And so, but if it, yeah, so if it comes up, it gets said and, and if it, you know, but, but again, it's so fleeting that people may just not even remember it, you know, that's true. It, you know, and, and just like with, it's the name that you beat into them, like that, you know, either, whether it's your first name or last name, no matter what you do, that people will, will remember, you know, cause there are people that I've probably met who I did know their last name at some point, but I just don't use it. So my brain just doesn't have it in the file to pull yeah. up right away. And, you know what I mean? And I, I do have to ask you this. I don't know if I've ever asked you this, actually, as a fellow person with a three letter name that begin that begins with a T. Do you also always get called Todd, Ted or Tom? The only reason I got called Ted was because when we worked together. Yeah. And so, no, I think I have to be in close proximity to someone who has a similar name to be called that. So, uh, okay. No, okay. I don't. But you just, you just get Todd randomly or Tom? I get Tom and Tim all the time. Huh. And, and, and you I'll, know- get, uh, I'll, get, I'll get Kim. <laughs> really? Okay. And you know what doesn't yeah, help yeah. is that my dad's name is also Ted and his brothers were named Tom and Tim. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you probably <laughs> got called all sorts of different stuff. Yeah, on the phone sometimes I'll get Kim, and I'm like, yes, that's right. I'm I'm Irish Asian. Kim Murphy here. <laughs> yes, I'd like to drop my car off. It's for Kim Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jesus. right. I'm from I'm from Northern Ireland and Northern Korea. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, that's the end of the episode. All right. Uh, did we have any homework? Uh, do we want to look up um, what uh, what the model's name actually was? Uh, I, I feel like that that's just kind of, that's not really super important. No, because it is Nina. That, that okay. is Nina. Okay. Okay. So yeah, and we never yeah. did learn the roommate's name because she's just known as the roommate uh, in in every subsequent scene. Um, I, I guess I can yes. I can it go looks back like and she might have actually have a name in the like this happens a lot in the Seinfeld universe. Like you'll go look at IMDb and the character had a name, but they yeah. never said it. So, true. True. Um, we might. Yeah. All right. Well, I can go back and look at this Patrick Swayze lookalike in the opening scene that is rollerblading in front yeah. of the Manhattan Plaza Racket Club. Uh, was there anything else, though? Please do. Um, uh, yeah, we were going. Did you already say Menage a Trois? We were going to oh. just look up to see if Seinfeld did popularize it or even invent it. And maybe watch some on Pornhub or something. Just to oh, okay. really get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Really a, I mean, yeah. you got to gotta really go in depth with your homework. Jeez. Yeah. And try to find some like from 1995 because I bet that's awesome. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, did we want to come up <laughs> like, with a better description? <laughs> we can try. So we had Jerry wants to date a new girlfriend's roommate. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else what happens. happens but... I don't know what else happens, though. Yeah. What does happen? I mean, because definitely... I think I really liked I really liked this episode, but. Yeah, it is kind of slow moving because when they when when it came up that like this part about doing the roommate switch, it was pretty late in the episode. It felt like mm, it was um it was right before the commercial break. I think it was halfway through. Uh, or I, I should say, right before the commercial break on Hulu when you're watching it back. Not not the original right, um, right. episode yeah. break. I don't think. Yeah, but no, I think it was in that middle episode break that that it would have. Hmm. Jerry wants to date a new girlfriend's roommate. Uh. Because is there a way to say, just be (laughs) more ambiguous about what the switch actually is, you know? Like, not switching roommates, Jerry, hmm, Jerry wants to switch. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Um, Jerry wants to attempt the roommate switch, because we don't know what the roommate switch is. 
Yeah, but I mean, it is kind of already covered in like that. The roommate switch. What? What about? What about Jerry convinces George? I see it's already too wordy. Like you know, Jerry convinces George to help him. Eh, let's just keep it. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm fine with the way it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Jerry wants to date a new girlfriend's roommate. Boom, set in stone. Okay, yeah. so next week, we have got Season 6, Episode 12, The Label Maker. Original air date, January 19th, 1995. If you're looking at TV Guy that night, you are going to see Jerry and Elaine are suspicious of a friend's gifts. And this, it's interesting that we just had you know a little discussion about whether or not Menage a Trois was invented by or at least popularized by Seinfeld. Um, this episode coming up, I believe, is one that does have a word that Seinfeld is credited with inventing hmm really okay mm-hmm. yeah so very exciting and uh, is that it uh that's it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted Hallwell. be good